here we are at Pintler Group headquarters. We're live with Cassie yep. and Kyle, and today we're talking about trade shows. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting traction channel. We were talking a little bit before the mics were hot about um, just that we were a little bit surprised that it still is a traction channel, but then I think talking through it, we're like, well, for some businesses, it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. to attend trade shows. So Cassie, why don't you kind of kick it off and talk about just so folks know like what exactly is a trade show well if you've ever you know gotten married and went to a big auditorium with hundreds of wedding booths or maybe not hundreds if you're in a small town like us or maybe thousands Um, yeah (laughs) there you go thousands um and you're kind of able to shop different vendors um all based around the same topic or the same um type of material that they're selling um yeah other examples could be um, we went to a marketing conference that had a trade show kind of with it with mm-hmm. various uh, marketing technology companies that were, you know, sharing their services and talking about what they do. Um, another example might be if you own a restaurant, you go to a trade show to decide, you know, whose beef you want to buy and also yeah. which plastic forks work the best for you. Um, so, you know, it's a big group of people that are all looking um to either make a purchase or an investment of some sort mm-hmm. um, all around the same topic. It's really like a three-pronged approach in my yeah. mind, a trade show. You have the trade show business, which is a big business. Yeah. You host the trade show, you find the convention center, you find the, the venue, and you bring in vendors to help mm-hmm. pay for this conference. Yeah. So then there's the vendor. That's kind of the second prong. These are businesses that want to reach people at the conference. So if you're like you mentioned a restaurant trade show, uh, you're a fork vendor, that's your <laughs> business. You're trying to figure out which traction channels should we test. A restaurant trade show might make a lot of sense. Right. And then the third prong is of course the attendees. So oftentimes this is a you know an event or fee, a ticket to the trade show or to the conference. Um, and I guess conferences would be in the trade show umbrella. I think that a lot of trade shows or a lot of conferences have like trade so trade show aspect. Yeah. Um, but maybe not all, I guess. Yeah, maybe not all. So let's maybe because we're talking about events, I think, in yeah. a future attraction channel. Yeah. But for the trade show itself, you know, the attendees. Sometimes there's a fee. Sometimes there's not. But typically, it's a similar group of people that mm-hmm. are attending this trade show to find uh, a product, a service. Uh, hopefully your product or service right (laughs) if you're bringing your product or service to the trade show yeah so when we're talking marketing you know pintler group is primarily involved in digital marketing of course but there are a lot of cases where trade shows make sense for businesses to test yep Um, we've talked a little bit about the bullseye method before you know we're gonna look at our business um and let's just come up with a business cassie which what business can we be working for can we be marketing for um, we're marketing for... How about this microphone? Uh, yeah. They sell what this microphone. It, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Okay, great. <laughs> it's like right in front of our faces. It's sort of a, it, it just lends itself to yeah, the example. Perfect. So this microphone and, uh, there are right away, I can think of 50 trade shows that I might want to attend if right. I'm a mark, if I'm trying to market this microphone. Um, but trade shows are expensive. I think right. when we look at traction channels and we, if we were to order them by costs, mm. you know, we talked about business development, picking up the phone and contacting people. Yeah. It doesn't cost anything other than time mm-hmm. and maybe a cell phone bill. Right. Uh, and maybe some list generating to figure out who the heck you're going to sure. call. 
trade shows are a big expense. Oftentimes it involves travel costs. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got to look at like the conference hotel that right. they want people to stay at. Well, and it can be thousands of dollars just to have a booth just at to have something a booth. like that. Yeah, absolutely. Just and to then put up your sign. Now yeah. you're talking with the, you know, the sign company down the street. Like how much for a tablecloth? That'll be $17,000. Yeah. <laughs> right. What about that tablecloth right there for oh, my kitchen four. table? Oh, that's four bucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, how, what? Okay. Um, and so there, there's this industry that is, uh, you know, it feels like it's, frothing with money yeah uh, and here you are as a company i'm just trying to pitch my microphones and you're telling me it's a ten thousand dollar investment right so you want to make sure it's worth it and one of the things we're talking about today is if you're going to attend a trade show how to get the most bang for your investment yeah you can leverage um yourself being there exactly exactly uh and this is true both for attendees and also vendors yeah we had uh sean who people know from the podcast from the videos he's our digital marketing manager here he attended MozCon, which is an SEO conference. Mm. Uh, I think it was about a year and a half ago. And one of their core values for the conference was don't be human spam. <laughs> like don't show <laughs> up to the conference and be human spam. Right. What What do you think that means? Like you don't want to be sharing your business with everyone that you shake hands with. Hey, check out my website. You're, <laughs> you know? you're, you're not showing up there to be like tell everybody about yourself like a human display ad Mm -hmm. you know a human pop-up uh you want to provide some value so if i'm the microphone company perhaps uh i've done some research and i see who the other attendees that Mm -hmm. are are going there and maybe they've listened to our podcast right and like oh cassie and kyle are going to be there you know that you still have this like background noise actually we do have a fan running cassie is that (laughs) fan going right now yeah yeah let's turn it off (laughs) like they would probably be like oh that fan is on um, and so we've got some background noise and they'd be like, Hey, we, our microphones can help reduce that background noise. That's providing us with some immediate value, uh, instead of, I guess, but we could solve it ourselves by turning <laughs> the fan off. Right. Uh, but that's providing some immediate value and input. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing we were talking about today was before arrival is geotargeting. Mm-hmm. Did you want to introduce folks to the concept of geotargeting, you want me to take it? You, uh, sure, I'll give a brief uh, yeah, one give sentence. It, give it a shot. So geotargeting is kind of the fancy term for using someone's location to serve them um, a specific type of advertising or certain information. Um, could even be, you know, a notification on an app or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Basically just using where someone's at um, to show them something you want them to see. Yeah, it <laughs> sounds futuristic, right? but everybody is geotargeted every day. When you search pizza near me like google is geotargeting you to say right hey that pizza joint is down the street it's a two-minute bike ride it's a one-minute car ride mm-hmm. they're and I, not serving you albuquerque yeah. <laughs> pizza unless you're there but <laughs> for our albuquerque um, listeners <laughs> i would say that um you know a lot of people get a little freaked out when they realize they're being geotargeted or that their locations being watched but overall especially when marketing's done right it's only to help you it's to help the consumer n- cut through the noise of things that are irrelevant to them like if you every time you googled pizza on google and you got answers that were completely in different place than you Mm -hmm. then it wouldn't be a useful tool anymore so um, instead of looking at it as you know something creepy that's following you around it's really there to help make sure that you can get the job done that you're trying to get done um, quicker yeah I I think that's a great note Um, not to not to fear it yeah geotargeting when we talk about trade shows um, oftentimes a company might say, okay, where are we going to be? 
you know, if we're the microphone company, we're going to 10 conferences this year. Mm-hmm. A user lands on our homepage, coolmicrophones.com. I'm sure that URL is <laughs> yeah. taken. They, you know, they want to find out about us. They go to the About Us page, and mm-hmm. then they say, where are we going to be? They click on that link, and then they click on the link that when we're going to be in Boston. So as I'm explaining that, users are probably tuning out, right? right. Like, this is a lot of steps. The other thing that geotargeting can help do in the software that we provide here is called geofly and that will allow you to actually surface the content right on that home page mm-hmm. like, we're going to be in boston if you're in a 30 mile radius of boston city limits or a 100 mile radius you land on our you land on our site you immediately know where you know, the, the closest trade show that right. we're going to be to you um, and that experience is elegant it's relevant for you and like you were saying it, it makes your life simpler you yeah. don't have to click four times uh, to, to find out where we're at or where we're going to be. Um, other terms that you might hear are things like geofencing. Right. To me, geofencing is the actual act of drawing your geofence or deciding what areas you're going to target. Right. So for that example I just gave, when you're placing a radius of 30 miles around this epicenter of Boston, mm-hmm. um, that is geofencing. It's right. more of a verb. You're kind of putting people, um, you're saying that everyone that's in here or goes in and out of this area um, will see this specific information. Yeah. So if somebody asks us, do you guys do geofencing? I sort of pause and, well, yes, it's part of geotargeting. Right. I see a lot of different definitions, but that's Mm -hmm. how I've kind of digested the two. And then the third piece is IP targeting, which is sort of falls under that umbrella of Mm geotargeting. It's a way that you can use location at the end of the day, IP targeting or I, your your IP address right. is attached to a latitude and longitude, a location. Mm-hmm. There's software out there that can help you figure out exactly like where your IP address pings. Yeah. Um, and so what marketers do is use IP address to help improve accuracy for either their advertising or mm-hmm. their personalization on their existing site. Yeah. So when it comes to trade shows, things like targeting the conference center or the event center that the trade show is being held at um, is a powerful and impactful way to potentially reach customers that are at that trade show. Yeah, and I think that that is powerful because um, you know that people at the trade show are checking their Facebook when they go get a drink of water or, you know, walking um, down the down the lanes of in between the booths or, or a dull conference presentation right. <laughs> yeah um they're looking at facebook they're looking at google they're checking out websites um that are relatable to what they're doing there and so while people are in that zone it's important to catch them with the information you want to show them so instead of waiting till they get home to show them um, some more information it can be really impactful to take advantage of them being in that headspace um, yeah. where they're already, you know, maybe thinking about what uh, what food product they want to buy. You can show them your options. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's specifically you're the vendor advertising right. to attendees. Um, it could work also if you're an attendee and you have, you know, a product that you're there that you're looking to grow and you're looking for advice or help mm-hmm. or if you're a podcast and we were to go to a conference and we're looking for guests, it's like, well, we're not a vendor, but maybe we serve some some messages to folks that are interested right. in being guests. So it can work both ways with, uh, you know, Facebook, mm-hmm. Google, a lot of ways you can you can target. Um, you know, the the one thing about trade shows, it's such a big investment, like we talked about. Right. 
you really do want to track the effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have spent a lot of time at trade shows, traveling, and then at the end of the year, mm-hmm. uh, they look at their next year's calendar and they say, okay, let's book all the same yeah. trade shows we did last year. <laughs> right. uh, and to me, that's a big mistake. Uh, you want to you know, constantly be iterating. We talk a lot about testing, about measurement, about what is good. Mm-hmm. To just sort of reboot and repeat the schedule in the same conferences um without measuring like was was the ten thousand dollars we spent to send the team to seattle like was that was that good right was that worth our time and how do you measure that mm-hmm. and maybe it's more challenging than just measuring like what was our return on investment we spent ten thousand we got twenty thousand out right but were the relationships that we built there valuable mm-hmm. um you know in the digital world i think that piece is sometimes yeah. undervalued is that relationship or that connection, you know, it might be two years down the road, but that's mm-hmm. somebody that is really going to make a positive impact on our business. And we can, you know, it's like a win-win. Yeah, exactly. I think um, it is a long-term metric to keep an eye on, which is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. But at, yeah, you're, you know, it's a, for a startup, you know, one of the things that we did at Geofly very early, if we were looking to if we were looking to travel to, let's say, San Francisco. So we went to a, San Fr- a conference in San Francisco the first year that Geofly was in okay. existence. And, you know, Airbnb, a, a shared room in a right. in like an apartment. Um, and what we did was we actually pitched uh, services. So we said, hey, we want to come to this conference and we're going to bring a camera and we're going to you know write an article about our experience at the conference. And if we do all of these things, can we get... Uh, can we get admission or like a ticket? Right. And the ticket was maybe 900 bucks. And they're like, yeah, you know, that sounds great. Like do these things. And we did it and we sent it to them. And so we saved 900 bucks. The conference hotel would have been great to stay at, but it was five times what we ended up paying. You know, we used some airline miles. So we ended up doing this conference for probably under $500. Didn't rent a car, you know, took public transportation. Um, And that was the hustle that was required at that, at that stage. So how do you feel? What do you feel you got out of that conference? I think that was a good, so for Geofly, that was a really good kickoff Yeah. into, you know, our conference is worth it. What I think I ended up deciding was that no, in that case, like <laughs> yeah. it was a lot of hassle and we gave a presentation, which was really cool. Looking back four years, not a single customer came from that conference. A lot of good contacts, but right. um, I wouldn't go to that conference again. You know, I was really able to evaluate it yeah. and determine that not something we're interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something else I'm thinking about, Kyle, as you're talking about choosing um, where you want to be, you know, maybe you have to choose between multiple trade shows because they are really expensive or maybe they're, you know, on the same weekend, but on different parts of the country. Yeah. Um, Geofencing or targeting IP address of the conference can be a good way to make your brand present at a relevant location, even when you don't physically have a booth there. Um, you might know right. that there are a lot of people that are really interested and thinking about your type of product, and you know that there's going to be thousands of them under one roof for two days. Yeah, and so it might be worth spending some money to um, make your brand the one that pops up on some of the platforms that they're using. So yeah. even if you can't physically be there, that's a way to um, get your brand in front of a relevant audience. Yeah, and a lot of conferences have Facebook groups. Yeah, like attending this conference, and you can join those groups even totally. if you might not be an attendee, and just sort of listen into what the industry is saying. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about location, I think another component for us here in Montana, oftentimes we're tempted to say, let's go to a bigger city right. to the conference that is in Seattle or Portland mm-hmm. or San Francisco. 
I think there's a lot of opportunity to sort of go the other direction, sort of take the contrarian approach. Like, let's go to North Dakota and right. let's go to the energy yeah. conference and just like see, you know, are people yeah. talking about marketing? Right. Uh, like instead of companies like Moz and Google and YouTube and Facebook, because everybody there is in marketing. Whoops. Mm-hmm. Everybody there is in marketing. Everybody's sort of swimming in the same lane. Yeah. You go to a conference like Energy and there's you're the only marketer there. Mm-hmm. And yes, they're talking about, a good point. you know, utility costs. And <laughs> But I'm sure there's people there that might be interested in, well, how are, how can energy companies use the internet to right. promote their, themselves? Mm-hmm. And it's in North Dakota, so it's like, it's not as loud as yeah. <laughs> maybe a bigger city. Yeah, for sure. Don't mean to put down our North Dakota listeners. Yeah, our neighbors. Our neighbors <laughs> to the east. Far away. That's it. Um, so geofencing, geotargeting, IP targeting, really under the same umbrella, just using location uh, to personalize a message Yeah. in a lot of different ways. And if you're in business, you know that your customers are not the same. Right. Like they just are going to have care about different things from different locations. If you have a business that worries about things like tax implications by state, uh, mm-hmm. even a travel company that's thinking about um, direct flights, right. you know, stereotypes like, oh, those Montanans talk about North Dakotas. <laughs> this way. Yeah. Maybe we should address them in a certain way on our website. So um, I just think, yeah, geotargeting is probably one of the most underutilized tools in yeah. marketing. I just saw a stat the other day. I forget where I saw it. I think it was conversionoptimizer.com, which is a fancy <laughs> Sounds scammy, website. Kyle. <laughs> it kind of does. <laughs> just kidding. But it seemed research-backed, and it said, but it said that for every $92 spent on advertising, mm-hmm. $1 was spent optimizing your existing website. Wow. So that means $92 in ads driving to a mm-hmm. website that you know you've invested only one dollar. Only one dollar sort of yeah. trying to make relevant for your users, mm-hmm. appear higher in search results. Wow. That really struck me when we talk about traction channels as just a big opportunity for folks that are already getting traffic. Yeah. To step it up. Yeah. To it, Level look, up at, and... look at your conversion rates. Yeah. Look at your forms. Look mm-hmm. at your, um, you know, look at your navigation. We just did that recently with Geofly and it's like we're mm-hmm. seeing a few more leads coming in yeah each day which is kind of neat yeah that's cool yeah so i think that overall geotargeting geofencing ip targeting they're all um kind of ways that you can enhance your other campaigns you're running whether it is an online ad your website or you want to enhance your experience um, at a trade show right so any any of the traction channels we're talking about can most likely be enhanced i think you're right i think it's the rising tide lifts all ships mentality here well that feels like good. an episode for me. Yeah. Cool. cool. <laughs> uh, tune in. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe. Michelle's putting together a screencast yeah. today for like the nuts and bolts of how to do this. So you should you should definitely check that out. And then we'll post an article about sort of the why geotargeting is important. Mm-hmm. You know, this kind of covered the what yeah. and the why. And how bit. it's worked for us and um, how it's with some for real, us. real examples. So. Yeah. So check those out. Subscribe to us everywhere. Share with your friends. Yeah. Tell everywhere. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Cassie. Yep. Thanks.